the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, here's a heartwarming story, and it's even local. Uh, medics at Station 10 Firehouse in Franklinton saved the life of a puppy that had overdosed on something that it found in the yard. Uh, the story comes from WCMH, that's NBC4I. Uh, the owner of the dog, April Spearman, pounded on the door of the firehouse just a little bit before midnight. Uh, lieutenant opens the door. She saw him, her standing there with what he thought was a child wrapped in a blanket. It was not a child. It was a puppy. Uh, Elo, the puppy, playing in the yard, found a piece of plastic. Is plastic toxic to puppies? My wife tells me chocolate is toxic to dogs. Is that accurate, Aaron? Dogs can't eat chocolate. Have you ever heard that? I've definitely heard it. Yeah. Is that true or is that a wives' tale? I don't know. I think people who like chocolate say that so the dog doesn't get any of their chocolate. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Uh, But they brought the puppy in, and he started basically, like, not breathing. So they administered Narcan and oxygen through a pediatric nebulizer mask. And very quickly, the puppy was fine. So good on you, firefighters. Excellent, excellent. Saving the life of a puppy. Now, the cold temperatures are supposedly coming in tonight. That means that uh, winter is here. And winter means you want to heat your house. And that means with everything going up, you are going to pay more. How much more? Ah, well, I have good news and bad news. Uh, Natural gas prices are going to skyrocket, the experts say, by 30%. And then I read the rest of the sentence, and the sentence says, and electricity costs are expected to jump by 6%. Now, no offense to you who heat your homes with gas, but I was happy when I read that sentence, that my costs are going to increase only 6% relative to those of you who are gas customers, your costs are going to rise by 30%. And then I read the next sentence. Natural gas users could expect to pay an average of $746 this winter, while those who get their heat from electric sources could pay up to $1,268. Ouch. Ouch. So yes, gas is soaring relative to electricity, but electricity is still going to cost what? Like, like 40% more? The experts say this could make the winter of 2022 the most expensive to heat your home since 2008-2009. Why? Can't you guess? We have ceased to be energy independent, and we have ceased to be energy independent because of the Biden administration's overwhelming fear of climate change. Now, I don't believe they're really fearful of climate change at all. I believe they're really fearful of not having people who are fearful of climate change vote for them. And they have made this 
their core issue. It is part of a larger strategy of bathing the populace in fear. Fear is the most useful tool to tyrants. It just is. If you are a free person, the number one thing that you need to be free from is fear. You can say, well, tyranny, you need to be free from tyranny. You do, but if you don't fear tyranny, then you won't be, uh, you know, paralyzed by it. Ultimately, you have to be free of fear. You have to not care about the consequences. That is where courage comes from. That is where valor comes from. That is where bravery comes from, is from either an absence of or an ability to turn a deaf ear to fear. Ponder for a second how many things Democrats pose as overwhelmingly dangerous, an existential threat. We have had communities declare racism a public health emergency. Racism in a country where since the 1960s it has been illegal to discriminate on grounds of race. How could racism be a public health emergency if it is illegal, if the government of that country makes it illegal to discriminate on the basis of race? It is a nonsensical position. Ah, but race is only a part of the fear package that Democrats push. I've outlined another, climate change. Of course, COVID. COVID is such an overwhelming fear that you have to be vaccinated and then you have to be vaccinated again and then you have to get a booster shot. And then after you get vaccinated twice and a booster shot, governor, you have to wear a mask or you have to remove yourself from society when you're around anyone who has COVID, even if you don't have any COVID symptoms and even if you don't test positive for COVID. And we have to get not just our elderly and immunocompromised vaccinated, we have to get our healthy people vaccinated. We have to get our young people vaccinated. And we have to get our children vaccinated. And now we need to get our babies vaccinated. As it's moved from vaccines for people over 60 to vaccines for all adults to vaccines for, what, 12 to 18-year-olds, and now it's 5 to 11-year-olds. And how much longer before we cut in half the 5 to 11-year-old dose and just becomes part of the normal immunization shot regime given to infants. And this disease, this malady, has a survival rate over 99%. And that's for everybody, for the entire population, over 99%. For those who are, you know, under 30, the survival rate is astronomical, but... We have to be afraid because it's not so much the thing you're afraid of. It's just being afraid because if you're afraid, what do you need? Well, you need saved. You need rescued. You need protected. Ah, and here we go. The nine scariest law, uh, words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to give you free child care. I'm going to give you free health care. I'm going to give you free, 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 free. Can't say it enough. 
So it's all part of a greater strategy. And lying is a big part of that, too. They're lying to you about the dangers of COVID. They're lying to you about the dangers of climate change. They're lying to you about the, not the dangers of racism. Racism is exceedingly dangerous. They're just lying to you about the actual existence of it. And then when you get into a pattern of lying about those things, well, you can lie about the little things. When you lie about the big things, then you can lie about the little things. Because why would you stop lying if lying got you into power? You've heard Joe Biden say many, many times, I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. And that encompasses most of our audience. And so you may take heart from that. Well, what do the numbers say? What do the experts say? Uh, Taking into account all major tax provisions, roughly 20 to 30 percent of middle income households will pay more taxes in 2022. An analysis published late Thursday by the, wait for it, Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center found. So these aren't political actors. This isn't Ted Cruz's organization. This is a nonpartisan tax policy center. If you're middle class, you're going to pay 20 to 30% more taxes. 20 to 30%, that's pretty significant. What about those who get a tax increase? How bad will it be? Well, those making two hundred to five hundred thousand would make an av- would pay an average of two hundred and thirty dollars more. Those who are low and middle income will pay an additional one hundred dollars or less. Now you can say, "Well, hundred dollars not very much. Hundred dollars is a week of groceries. A week of groceries. How about if I said, "Hey, guess what? Thanks to Joe Biden's tax policies." You get to go a week without eating. Well, of course, you're not going to go a week without eating. You're going to eat. But where's that $100 going to come from? What other part? Do you have a surplus anywhere? Probably not. Now, you've heard Joe Biden talk about, oh, you know, the rich guy, pay their fair share, pay their fair share, pay their fair share. Another part of the Biden proposal, according to this nonpartisan tax policy center, would increase the deduction limit on state and local taxes. You say, increase the deduction limit. That sounds like it'll benefit the little guy. No. Usually the little guy's not paying state and local taxes because they have caps that begin above the income level. Who pays a lot of state and local income taxes? Well, the same people who pay all the taxes, the people who are wealthy. So in increasing the deduction limit, if you're not getting a deduction, what good does it do you to have the limit raised? But if you are getting a deduction, then it helps you. And that would benefit wealthy families in, look at this, probably a coincidence, would benefit wealthy families in high tax states. Can anybody think of the two highest tax states in the union? California, yes. Can anybody think of another high-tax state? Good guess. New York, yes. California and New York. Now, let me see. How do those states typically vote? California and New York. Are they bastions of conservative thought? No, they're not. They are the home of wokeism. So this particular tax provision, and it's definitely not coincidental, 
will benefit wealthy families in high-income states like New York and California while providing almost no benefit to the middle class. Does Union Joe know this? Does Amtrak Joe know this, that his tax people are coming up with policies that benefit the rich in California and New York? I just refuse to believe he knows that. Uh, those making between one hundred dollars and $250,000 would get a tax cut of just over $400. Now, I'm all for tax cuts. I have no opposition to tax cuts. I have oppositions to lying. That's what I have an opposition to. So when Joe Biden's telling you about his tax policy and it's only going to get the rich and it's not going to hurt you at all, he's lying to you. Lying to you. Final word from the Tax Policy Center. Nonpartisan, remember. Households earning $1 million or more. What do you think's coming next? Oh, they're going to pay their fair share, Bruce. They're going to pay their fair share. I've heard the president say that. Well, households who earn more than $1 million a year could pay $29,900 less in taxes. A tax break almost 10 times greater than households earning $50,000 to $100,000. That's you and me. Okay. Thank you, Mr. President. Wow. So when you hear Joe Biden say something, just know that 90% of the time, reality is not going to match the man's words. So the president, Joe Biden, is going to get out his pen on Monday and he's going to sign his big infrastructure bill. Now, it's big. It's $1.2 trillion. What have we spent? $7 trillion since the pandemic began. We're just printing funny money. $1.2 trillion. How much do you think in the infrastructure bill, how much do you think of the $1.2 trillion is for, you know, infrastructure? Bridges, highways, things that actually are infrastructure. Not, not child care. Like, that's human infrastructure, which there is no such thing. Uh, about one-fifth of this bill is actual infrastructure. $284 billion as compared to the $1.2 trillion total cost of the project. So they're very good at wasting money federally. You know that. How much of it will find its way here? Well, according to a story by Bill Bush and Mark Ferencik in your Columbus Dispatch, uh, Ohio is... Uh, rubbing its hands together gleefully, waiting for that money to arrive. Uh, $9.2 billion of federal aid highway money and $483 million for bridge replacement over a five-year period. Now, I seem to remember when Barack Obama became president. We were going to build bridges. We were going to build roads. We were going to have all kinds of things happen, wonderful things happen, high-paying, good jobs. What do we have to show for it? Now, think back, if you can. I live out in the Dublin area. What I would say is we spent a ton of money on roundabouts. Roundabouts, I was lukewarm on them in the beginning. I'm okay with roundabouts now. But now the solution for everything is to build a roundabout. They're building a roundabout in the neighborhood of our station right now. Aaron, have you been over to Lazelle and Flint Road? Park Road, Flint Road. Are they ever going to finish that? Yeah, it opened, um, yes, it, it opened. It opened yesterday? Yeah, they Wednesday still had the road night. close signs up today. 
Wednesday night, Lizelle was open, and yesterday was open. So down there by the railroad viaduct, they finally got that done? Yeah. Now, it may be reclosed today. I it's don't know. Re- it, was it was reclosed this morning. It was not open. So anyway, okay. But you know, these things, I'm not saying they don't bring about better traffic flow. I'm not saying they're not needed. Of course, we don't want a train derailment or anything like that. But what I'd like is, if we're going to spend $1.2 trillion and label it infrastructure, that it would actually be for infrastructure. But the nonsense money in this bill, $140 million to support the expansion of electric vehicle charging stations statewide. Not nationwide, statewide, just in Ohio. Now, is this a big need for the state of Ohio? I see lots of Teslas on the road. I'm envious. I like the Tesla. Very nice looking car. Great company. Moved out of California. Smart Elon Musk. I have nothing against Tesla. But it would seem to me that if Elon Musk wants to take over the world building electric vehicles, and he's got the money to fire rockets into space, he's probably got the money. Or he could come up probably on his own. Who do you have more faith in? Building electric charging stations throughout Ohio in an efficient way. The federal government or Elon Musk? My money's on Elon Musk. He'd probably find a way to make money off of it. The government finds a way to waste money doing it. You know that's absolutely going to happen. What else is coming to the state of Ohio? Oh, Pete Buttigieg will be happy. He Now he can take the train to Ohio. $67 billion. Billion is being spent for Amtrak. Now, do you honestly think we would be spending $67 billion on an antiquated transportation mode if Joe Biden wasn't Mr. Amtrak? This is nothing but pork for something that a doddering old man remembers with some degree of nostalgia. We've all heard the lie many times where Joe Biden cobbles together some dude that he saw on the train and he gets it wrong by a decade and he overstates the number of miles he's traveled on a train. And that's fine. That's fine. Your, your synapses are intertwined, and it doesn't quite con- connect correctly. I don't really care. It's sad, but I don't really care. What I care about is you wasting $67 billion in taxpayer money that could be used to, I don't know, fortify our southern border. Uh, that's a great place to start right there. How about invest that in the military to find out why China can fly a hypersonic missile and we can't. How about putting that money into drilling on federal land so we wouldn't all have to pay so much for gasoline or heating oil? It took me 15 seconds to come up with three better ways to spend that money than to waste it on Amtrak. Let's say we build a phenomenal Amtrak system. I have to head over to Dayton twice this weekend. Do you think I'm going to take Amtrak over there? Not in a million years. You could whisk me to downtown Dayton in five minutes on a high-speed train. I don't care because guess what? The business I have to conduct is not in Dayton. It's in Huber Heights. So then what am I going to do? Take an Uber to Huber? No, I'm not going to do that. Now, I grant you, 
you may have young people who think that's cool, and they may think, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. Uber, I'll save the planet. The investment in changing people's habits is a many decades-long investment. And you and I both know that this is not something that the American consumer is going to go for over time. Unless we're forced to because we become a poverty-stricken nation like places across the Atlantic Ocean where you're just happy to live in your little tiny crappy apartment. And maybe the government lets you have a car. Or maybe you have to get a rail pass and walk and hoof it from downtown Dayton to Huber Heights. This is not a lifestyle that I want. This is not a lifestyle that Americans should embrace. And it's farcical that we have a doddering old president who wants to foist that upon us. The Great Reset, they call it. I call it the Great Retreat. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.